This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, folding our way into episode number 16. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I am here with episode number 16 of the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the definitive guide to diapering your baby. But before that, a few announcements. I got a couple of comments uh, from podcast listeners since the last podcast, and I actually wanted to read them because the first one made me cry, and the second one is just really good information and relevant to what we talked about on the last episode of the podcast, which was why families choose natural birth. I'm going to go ahead and read those now. First, we'll read the one that made me cry, which is from Isabella. And she actually posted this on naturalbirthandbabycare.com's Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash naturalbirthandbabycare. This is what she said. I listened to this blog last night. I guess it was exactly what I needed to hear to, quote, let go. Went into active labor around 4.30 a.m. this morning and gave birth at 6 a.m. at home in my bathtub. It was quick and easy labor and delivery. Zero intervention. Best birth experience. My first had a bazillion interventions. Thanks for posting this just when I needed that extra assurance. And it made me feel so good knowing that I'd made a difference for a mama and and helped her get ready and get in that, that special mental place to have a baby. And I just thought that was awesome. I love hearing feedback from you guys. So if you have a story about birth, baby, and life and how it's helped you or your baby, please send it to me. Post it on the Facebook page or email it to me. The second one that I got is from Melissa, and she she emailed me this. So you can email me, naturalbirthandbabycare.com slash contact.html or just email Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. That comes right to me. This is what Melissa said. Hi, Kristen. I first heard you on Birth Stories on Demand, then recently looked at your site. And I'm really excited that you have podcasts, too. I've had only one home birth, my second baby. My first, third, and fourth were hospital. I really just wanted to thank you for the podcast, but will also mention this. I just heard you talking about Pitocin and epidural risks. I was, supposedly, ten days over with my fourth baby. I felt wonderful. I really love pregnancy anyway, but I felt exceptionally great. My doctor wasn't comfortable with letting me go longer than that. My third was 10 over also and went to the NICU just for the two days we were in the hospital. I could go on and on about the whole situation, but I will try to keep this somewhat short. I ended up with a horrible epidural. It took at least four to six pokes and two anesthesiologists to get it in. After delivery, about 45 to 60 minutes later, I ended up with a horrible spinal headache, which was a total hassle to even get them to believe it wasn't, quote, just a headache. I ended up getting a blood patch, only to have the headache come back, along with the very odd sound distortion, vomiting, etc. I had to go to the ER and back to the hospital for two days and another blood patch. Thankfully, I was confident with breastfeeding and was able to keep my baby with me at all times for the most part. 
If you can help just one woman not experience that with everything you're doing here, it is well worth it. I'm still sad that I missed her early days in a way, even though we were together. I'm still trying to work through all of it, not sure who to even talk to in my area. Maybe a midwife? I'd love to get opinions for future births. I'm so confident that if I would have done what I wanted to do and just waited, things would have been better. Anyway, sorry for the book I just wrote. All that to say thanks, and seeing that you are also a Christian and openly putting that on your website makes it all better. Best wishes to you. So Melissa's email to me was really important, too. She pointed out that the things that we went over in the last podcast about possible complications with the epidural aren't just urban legends or something meant to discourage women from getting the pain relief that they quote-unquote need, but there are really and truly complications that real moms have, and Melissa is not the only mom that I've heard give a story like this. So I think it's really important that her voice and the voices of all the other mothers be heard, especially because it can be healing for Melissa and for those other mothers to realize that they might help somebody else in the future, and it helps them process things and why things didn't happen exactly the way that they wanted with their babies, and maybe do things differently in the future for them and help their daughters go on and and have more freedom and more choice in birth and more confidence in themselves. I want to thank both Isabella and Melissa for speaking up. And remember, if you want to send anything, go ahead and do so. Also, Melissa uh, mentioned the interview that I did for the podcast Birth Stories on Demand with Kelly, and I will link to that in the show notes if you'd like to listen to that. I talk about the birth stories that I had with my first four babies in that uh, that episode of Birth Stories on Demand. Okay, I'm really excited besides getting these great comments because there is an awesome thing coming up in the next week or so. And officially, you're not supposed to find out about this tomorrow till tomorrow, but Kresha, the wonderful mama who's put all this together, has given me permission to share it a day early because the podcast comes out today, the 4th. What is going to happen next week, beginning on the 10th, is the Natural Mothering ebook bundle. And it is an awesome, awesome collection of books for anywhere that you're at in your mothering journey. It's just fabulous. I can't believe what she's put together. I am privy to it because my book, Fearless Birth, is featured in the bundle. And there's also a coupon featured with the bundle for my childbirth program, Mama Baby Birthing. Um, but I'm I'm really proud that and honored that Fearless Birth was picked to be one of the books that's part of the bundle. But there are so many books. I think there's 39 books all together in this bundle, and a, a wealth of other bonuses aside from that, coupons and and a couple of free books and all kinds of things like that. But the books cover they cover birth, baby, lots of books on fertility. But they go beyond that. They go to parenting young children, keeping your house up, um, your health as a mother, cooking, streamlining life, managing a busy schedule. The lineup is just awesome. And I'm going to tell you about three of the books in the lineup that are related to the topic that we're going to talk about on the podcast today at the end of the podcast. But that is going to begin on the 10th and you're going to get all 39 books, all of the bonuses and everything in this ebook bundle for less than $30. It is really an awesome, awesome deal. And like I said, I'm super excited that Fearless Birth's in there. I'm super excited to see some of the other books in there. I can't wait to get my hands on all of them and read them. Well, 
I guess they're, they're e-books, so you don't really get your hands on it, but you know what I mean. Be able to sit down and read them. They're, it's just a great selection. Kresha has outdone herself in everything that she's put together. So you can find out more about that uh, by going to birthbabylife.com slash bundle. birthbabylife.com slash mom, that's M-O-M, bundle and get more information on that. And you can check out the show notes for this episode of the podcast. I'll have a link to that. Uh, and for those of you who are listening in the in the future, this is running from uh, June 15th to June 18th, 2013. So if you're in that window, be sure that you grab it. You don't want to miss it. Let's move on to what we're talking about today. The Definitive Guide to Diapering Your Baby. And I don't know if you can hear Corwin laughing here, but he apparently thinks that that's hilarious. As per usual, I'm recording with him in my lap. I was a little bit worried that he was going to be cranky because he's had a little bit of a cough, but apparently he thinks that I'm funny and he's going to laugh at me instead. (laughs) Okay, so the definitive guide to diapering your baby. This podcast episode is a kickoff to a full series that I have planned to really delve into diapering options for your baby. That post-series will be called The Definitive Guide to Diapering Your Baby. And as I get all of those up, I'll link to them in the show notes. But right now, this is the kickoff. This is the first thing that I've done. So look for that coming over the next several weeks uh, on naturalbirthandbabycare.com. When it comes to diapering your baby you have options. The primary options are disposable diapers, cloth diapers, and EC, or elimination communication. I'm not going to talk about EC on this podcast because I've already done a couple of podcasts on that. One was a great interview with Andrea Olson of GoDiaperFree.com, and the other was a day in the life of a diaper-free baby. I will link to those in the show notes for you to get more information. Now, when it comes to diapering your baby, you can use one, two, or use all three of these options. I've used all of these options at different times throughout my mothering career, and I am firmly of the opinion that, like with many parenting choices, what works best for you and your family is what you should do. Don't let anybody guilt you into anything. Don't feel guilty yourself for anything if you decide in the future that you want to do something different, that's fine. It's different. It's not wrong. So I'm going to present options here in the podcast so that you can make a decision for your family on what you want to do or what you want to try, and in the end, settle on what works for you. I've had different preferences at different times. Uh, There were times definitely when I felt like it was uh, much easier to do disposables There were times when I felt like disposables were easier at night. There were times when I felt like disposables were easier traveling. There were times when I absolutely wanted nothing but the softest cotton and natural wool to touch my baby's bottom. There are times when we used diaper services, uh, and we've used kind of elimination communication stuff throughout all of that with almost all the babies, only uh, excluding my second baby, who I do wish that I had used elimination communication with, but I didn't, so I can't change that. Uh, Now we have a pretty set cloth diaper stash, and we're committed to cloth diapering and ECing in kind of tandem and together. But let's jump into some of your diapering options that are available to you. First, there are disposables, which are what you're pretty much going to see the most of in the modern world. There are different options with disposables. In general, you can go for price 
or you can go for features. And when I talk about features in a disposable diaper, I mean stretchy tabs, uh, ruffly sides, maybe a little bit more absorbency or custom fit or cute designs. Uh, I don't think that the cute designs on disposables come anywhere near cloth, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I do think that the disposable diaper manufacturers are feeling a little bit threatened by cute cloth, also called cute fluff, because suddenly there are uh, decorated disposable diapers coming out everywhere. Now, there are top-of-the-line diapers. There are lower-budget diapers. As we're going to talk about in a minute, go for what works for you. Try a few different brands out. In the United States, there are the premium brands like Pampers, Swaddlers for the Little Ones, Um, And then there are just the regular old Pampers, then there's the Huggies Ultra, and then there's the regular old Huggies, and then there are bargain brands like Loves and uh, store brands, which are often Huggies or or Pampers or something else that just have the store's label on them. But what you want to do with disposables is you want to try a few different brands. Don't build up your entire stock uh, of diapers before your baby's born. Even if you've had a baby that one type of diaper worked really well for your first baby or your second baby, it may not work as well for your next baby, or the brand that you liked in the newborn period may not work after that. So always be open, especially when changing sizes or welcoming a new baby, to perhaps trying a few different kinds of diapers. You want to watch for fits, fit on your baby. So how does it fit him or her? Um, Does my baby have really chunky legs or skinny legs? Has my baby got a skinny waist or a big old belly? Look for those sorts of things in the diapers that fit best and help prevent leaks. Also watch for sensitivities. Some babies are more sensitive to uh, diapers than others. My second baby was very sensitive and I could only use certain kinds of diapers with him and I did use disposables with him quite a lot in his early months because it was just me and uh, Cassidy who was my first and Asher who was my second it was just us three uh, and the house and that was a lot to be taking care of two only 18 months apart and I used a lot of disposables in his early days because we'd been given a lot of them and we could only use certain brands because others he would break out from. So watch for sensitivities in your baby, which is another reason why you don't want to invest heavily in lots of diapers only to find that your baby has a bad reaction to them. Now different types of diapers, not necessarily different brands, but you have standard brands. They have an absorbent gel in them and that gel is what pulls the urine up and makes it so that baby supposedly stays dry and and there's no leaks. You can also get natural or quote organic brands that may use unbleached paper or recycled pulp materials or that sort of thing, but they often still use that same gel. So if you are trying to avoid that gel, in your baby's diaper then you're gonna have to look really carefully to make sure that 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 gel isn't used and it's usually called SAP S-A-P and it's it's pretty ubiquitous throughout all baby diapers there are some brands that are just paper pulp Uh, I there's a brand that uses corn pulp too and 
in the United States, Tushies is a brand that just uses paper. I've actually used Tushies diapers on a couple of newborns, and they work really well as long as they're like cloth diapers. You need to change them more, quote-unquote, frequently than you would other disposable diapers that have the gel. But they work very well. And they don't introduce that gel to your baby's skin. Some moms really don't like it because when you change your baby and they've been wearing a disposable diaper, especially if you've left it on a little bit longer than you should have because you are caught up in things, and we've all done that, so don't feel guilty about it. But you'll notice those little beads of gel on your baby's uh, thighs and um, and genital area. And some moms really just don't like that, don't like thinking about that mixing in with the heat of their baby's skin. So that's why they try and avoid those chemicals. There are also special diapers that are made to be more absorbent. Usually they're overnight or nighttime diapers is what they're branded as or for heavy wetters. And those are ones that moms tend to use mostly for nighttime because uh, if you have a heavy wetter that goes overnight, they can really flood out anything that they're wearing. So those are different things to consider when you're looking at the types of disposables on the market and considering what you may or may not want to put on your baby. Remember, even with disposables, leaks can and do happen. Uh, So change your baby often. Don't just leave a diaper on forever and ever because you know that it's going to keep on soaking up until it's sagging to your baby's knees because that's asking for a diaper rash that you and your baby really don't want to deal with. Times when disposables can really be nice are nighttime if you have a really heavy wetter. Uh, Though my honor was a heavy wetter and she would flood cloth and she would flood disposables. It didn't matter what we put her in. She just uh, she just flooded everything. And th- another thing that disposables can be really good for is travel, especially if you're not staying with family or friends who have a washer. Then disposable diapers can be a real answer to prayers and make things a lot easier. Also, if your baby is in daycare or needs to be with a care provider while you're at work, then disposable diapers are often a good option. Though I will say, many cloth diapers nowadays are super simple, super easy to take care of, and daycares, especially family-based daycare, will often work with them as long as you provide all the supplies, the diaper pail and everything needed to take care of your baby's diapers and keep things clean and sanitary during the day until you can pick them up. So don't discount cloth diapers automatically. Talk to your daycare or your care provider before you give up on them if you want to use them even when your baby's in daycare. Cloth diapering. Why cloth? This is a good question. I'm not going to go into it real deeply because this is an overview, but I will get into this more in the blog series, so look forward to that. One big reason people choose cloth is for the environment. Disposable diapers go to a landfill and they take a long time to break down. If you read the outside of a disposable diaper package, it always says that you should shake solids into the toilet. I do not know many people who do that. So in reality, when you think about all those disposable diapers full of pee and poop sitting on a landfill somewhere, it's really not a pretty picture, and people want to take care of the environment. They also think about the environmental impact of producing, manufacturing all those diapers. And cloth diapers do have some manufacturing byproducts, too. So... To be fair, we want to say that. There are a lot of cost savings with cloth diapers. Even though there is an initial investment in cloth diapers, which can range anywhere from 
100, 200 US dollars up to 1,000 US dollars, depending on the cloth diapering system you choose and the number of diapers you buy. In general, you can get away with a pretty basic cloth diaper stash that isn't going to come anywhere near the cost of a year or two or three of disposable diapers. Um, a lot of moms choose cloth diapers for baby's comfort. And it's true that when you think about it, a cozy, cuddly cloth diaper that's nice and soft and fresh and clean probably feels better for your baby than a paper diaper. I will say that there have been times in the heat of summer when I've been putting a bulky cloth diaper onto my baby that I have thought a thin paper disposable diaper would probably feel more comfortable in this instance. This is another place where modern, dis or modern cloth diapers really shine because a lot of them are very trim and, uh, and they're a lot cooler in the summertime. So you lose the whole bulky bottom and wool cover thickness that may seem overwhelmingly hot. So usually baby's comfort is well served by cloth diapers and also by cloth wipes, which we'll talk about more in a few minutes. Also, I had to put in that cloth diapers are a good choice because it's just a lot of fun. Now, washing diapers, maybe not a lot of fun. We'll talk about that, too, in a few minutes. But when you think about actually getting the diapers, picking out the diapers in cute patterns, looking through the different types, once you get over that stage of feeling a little bit overwhelmed about what am I using, really picking out diapers or covers or that sort of thing is fun. And it's fun to get to pick which diaper you want to put on your baby. My kids think it's fun to pick out what diaper Corwin's going to wear. Uh, after his change and I think it's fun to to pick them out and shop for them when it's time to shop for diapers so it's just a lot of fun to see that cute little fluffy bottom cloth diapers can go from birth to potty training or to EC graduation if you're using elimination communication you can either use one size diapers or you can use uh, diapers that change sizes and what you do is that's completely up to you and your preferences. A lot of moms really like one-size diapers because you make the investment once and then they grow with your baby. Other moms find that the fit of diapers that are sized, small, medium, large, are very nice. What we did with Corwin this time around was we had newborn diapers, and I'll talk about those in a minute, but newborn diapers, and then we, once he grew out of the newborn diapers, we went to one-size diapers, which are working very nicely. And these are the same one-size diapers that I was using for Honor um, from about 12 months or so on, no, probably about 14 months, until she potty trained right around 20 to 21 months. And so I know that they fit really well on both a young baby, Corwin's age, he's four months right now, and then they also work well on a toddler, so I'm expecting that they'll work very well up into toddlerhood until Corwin is an EC graduate. But there are options there with what, what you want to do, and again, it depends on how much you want to spend, or as we'll talk about, you could sell off, especially if you know that this is your last baby, you could sell off smalls um, as you're buying the mediums and that sort of thing because there's a, a big trade in diapers. In fact, we'll talk about that now, about how a basic stash can go a long way. I told you that I was going to cover some of the awesome books in the Natural Mothering eBook bundle, and I'm actually about to quote from one of them, which is Confessions of a Cloth Diaper Convert by Aaron Odom. 
great book. She has a little little diagram in her book called 10 Ways to Build Your Stash. And I thought it was great. So I'm going to quote to you from her. Gifts, online cloth stores, Walmart or Target or Amazon, Craigslist or Facebook, diaper swappers, giveaways, trade, borrow, barter, or make your own. Most of those are pretty self-explanatory, and she goes into them in detail in Confessions of a Cloth Diaper Convert. But I wanted to talk about two, or well, I'll talk about three of them in, in particular, and then one of my own experiences. And I actually think she mentions this in the book, even though it's not on the list. But um, first, gifts are a very good way to get cloth diapers. When I had my first baby, I was 19 and I was dirt poor. And I didn't have enough money to buy cloth diapers. But I appealed to my parents that the baby gift that I wanted was cloth diapers. So they got me, I want to say it was a dozen and a half, maybe it was 18 diapers mother ease diapers which were good very good cloth diapers uh, one size ones and those lasted me through three babies before they were pretty threadbare and I actually found a mama who took them and and added some padding to them and made them work for her babies when I decided to pass them on so getting them as a gift was a great blessing to me and my family I've also had great success with Facebook on Facebook, you can find diaper co-ops, and in these co-ops, moms get together and essentially place wholesale orders for diapers. So they all pull together their resources, place a wholesale order from a diaper company, and then get the diapers at a, at a bargain price. They do this, often this is done with either a work-at-home mom who's making the diapers, or it's done with uh, with what are called the China Cheapy diapers. And I have a post on China Cheapies that I will link to in the show notes for you so you can read about those. But just realize that some moms who want only American-made or only locally-made diapers, uh, you may not want to participate in one of the co-ops, but it's a great way to get diapers for a fraction of the normal price because you're paying wholesale prices with some of the diaper companies that are willing to do that for moms. Another thing that I have personal experience with is diaper swappers, and I will link to this in the show notes too. Diaper swappers is a forum about cloth diapering where you can get fabulous information about cloth diapering, and they also have a a trade, buy-sell trade forum. So you can buy gently used cloth diapers there, you can sell gently used cloth diapers there, or you can trade if there's somebody who has a trade that's appealing to you and you have something that she wants. I have I have personal experience with diaper swappers while I was getting different diapers and trying them when we decided to when we moved out to the country last summer. We we were using a diaper service in the city with honor, but when we moved and had used disposables for a few weeks, and actually it was Scott who decided he was done with the disposables. So he said maybe we should switch back to cloth. So I was looking into a few different diapering systems because we were pretty much building from the ground up. And uh, and it was diaper swappers that was really helpful for me and helped me find out about the different kinds of diapers 
that were around at that point and to try several different types and figure out what I really liked. And then once I figured out what I liked, I resold on diaper swappers the diapers that I had decided weren't going to work for our family and uh, made back a lot of the money that I'd gotten just testing out diapers. And that was a it was a really good way to get to know diapers, especially since there weren't there's no cloth diaper stores locally here really there's a couple secondhand stores that have some here and there but but really that was a good way to get to know especially the diaper company diapers that I was really interested in another way that I've gotten diapers that like I said it's not in that list but I do think that Aaron talks about it in the book is with seconds and to get seconds, that means diapers that have slight imperfections with them, so they can't be sold um, in in a normal store. They're, it's just like seconds with any other product. With clothing or appliances, you can often get seconds, and diaper companies have seconds too. So there are just slight imperfections or a few things that make the diaper not standard so the manufacturer doesn't feel comfortable selling it at full retail price. To find seconds, it's really good to find a brand of diapers that you like or a few brands that you like and sign up for that diaper company's mailing list. And they will often mail when they are having a second sale. And you can go ahead and get the seconds. And one of the diaper brands that I considered, I did that and got a few seconds in one of their seconds sales. Ultimately, I decided not to go with those kind of diapers and I was able to sell the seconds on diaper swappers. I clearly noted that they were seconds and the mom who got them was just as happy to get them as I was to get them. So that worked out really well and that's another good way to get diapers uh, for a bargain price. And really I didn't notice very much much going on that was quote wrong with them. Let's go over real quick a few basic supplies for cloth and also talk a little bit about the types of cloth. I know that we're pushing 30 minutes here and I've probably got about 10 or 15 more minutes of material so we're going to go over a little bit here. But basic supplies for cloth. Newborn diapers are optional. They were really nice to have but they're optional. You don't have to use them or if you feel comfortable doing disposables in the newborn period then you can do that. I will say that we used cloth from birth with Corwin including with the meconium and we didn't have any staining on the diapers with the meconium. We didn't end up using any liners or anything just the little newborn diapers and they functioned beautifully. If you want to wash every one to two days this is for one baby. Bless you. Um, then 12 to 24 diapers will get you through a wash every one to two days. And if you want to do every two to three days, I would recommend 36 diapers. If you're using elimination communication, you may not go through that many diapers, but in general, plan on that. About two dozen for washing every one to two days and three dozen for every two to three days. You can get by with a dozen, but you should expect to wash every day if you're doing that. If you are using covers, so if you're using a diapering system that needs covers, that means if you're using flats or flour sack towels or prefolds or fitteds that don't have a built-in cover, then you're probably going to want four to six covers. You can get by with three. I had three actually with my first three kiddos. Uh, because if your baby's just wet, you can reuse the cover, or actually what I often did was hang one cover and pull another, but it doesn't have to be washed. If it's soiled, it needs to be washed, but not just if it's wet. You can, only, you can wash it every few days. 
covers. There are different materials for covers. So there's pool, which is P-U-L, polyurethane laminate, and wool, longies, and shorties. So pull is very popular nowadays, and there are other cover materials, but they're not not as big. But pull is very popular. Um, it's waterproof fabric. It is a synthetic, so there's a synthetic in there, but it works very well, and it often has really cute prints. Wool covers, I love wool covers for nighttime because in general they're bulletproof, as long as you can figure out how to get them lanolized properly. And... Uh, and you can get wool covers that are very lightweight and so they're not too overly hot for the baby in the summertime. Longies are wool knit covers and they're actually like a little pair of pants which is why they're called longies. And lots of moms love these. You can get these really beautiful ones from work at home moms or if you are inclined to that you can knit your own. Shorties are longies that are just little shorts, and those are all really popular, offer the benefits of wool um, when they're lanolized and felted a little bit, and they look really nice on the baby, so lots of mamas love those. So those are different cover materials. Now the different types of diapers uh, are pre-fold diapers, which are... When you think about a baby diaper, you probably think about a pre-fold. You think about the flat, um, kind of rumply little diaper that, that's often used as a burp cloth. That's a pre-fold diaper. And you would fold those up around the baby. Similar to pre-folds are flats, which are just fabric material. And really, a flat could be anything. It could be an old large t-shirt. It could be a diaper that's made to be a flat diaper. It could be a baby blanket in an emergency situation. Another thing that's been really popular lately is flower sack towels, which are really soft dish towels, and they can be had very inexpensively at Walmart or somewhere like that. You can get a bundle of them for about $5, and they're folded just like flats. A lot of moms love flats or flower sack towels, not only because they're inexpensive, but because once you learn the folds, and YouTube is a great resource for learning different ways to fold diapers, once you learn the folds, it's, uh, it's really easy to customize the fit for your baby. So even if your baby's super chubby or super skinny, you can customize the fit pretty easily. Another type of diaper is the all-in-one. These are great diapers, especially if you're putting your baby in daycare or uh, if you need to have grandma or somebody who's not real familiar with the diapers or doesn't feel comfortable with diapers all-in-ones are essentially just like a disposable just like it says there's a waterproof outer and then an absorbent inner and you put it on the baby and usually it fastens with either velcro or snaps and velcro aplix hook and loop closure uh, but then you fasten that on baby just like you would a disposable and you're good to go so all-in-one diapers are pretty popular for when you need quick and easy diapering situations. All-in-one diapers do take a long time to dry because everything is all-in-one. It's not separated. All-in-twos are a hybrid of all-in-ones that were made to counteract that a little bit. 
usually with the all-in-two there's the the waterproof outer and then the the inner liner is generally either sewn onto one end or it snaps onto one end so that in the wash and in the dryer that agitates away from the rest of the diaper and it cuts down on drying time a lot uh, in the dryer or on the line. Then there are pocket diapers and pocket diapers are very popular nowadays. We're actually using pocket diapers right now and what pocket diapers are is there's a waterproof cover and then there's a soft material on the inside such as fleece or suede cloth and there's a little pocket between those two layers there will be a little uh, open opening at the end of the diaper usually at the back some some diapers have one at the back and at the front but most have it at the back and there's an absorbent liner that you stuff into there when you stuff the diaper, the pocket diaper, with its little liner, it's essentially like an all-in-one at that point. And if you had somebody who was nervous about diapering with a cloth diaper, then you could just have several already pre-stuffed diapers for them to put on easily. But then when it's time for washing, you can pull the liner out and, uh, and they wash and dry away from each other, so that helps cut down on drying time. Pockets are also nice because you can double stuff them with two absorbent layers if necessary. Or you can lay something down and use the pocket cover just as if it were a regular diaper cover with a pre-fold or with a liner just laid right inside of there if that's what you preferred. Like I said, I'll do an in-depth post on in the series about the different types of diapers with pictures and things so that you'll be able to more easily visualize this. And Corwin's coughing again and yawning. He's tired. Just like with disposable diapers, try different kinds of diapers before you commit. I know I already mentioned this. And then you may also find that what solution works for you during the day doesn't work at night. And you may want a different nighttime diaper. So just be open to that. And there are many, many different things that you can try as you figure out what works for you and your family. With wipes, you can use disposable or cloth wipes. Um, our family has used both, and right now I definitely prefer the cloth wipes because I can make the cloth wipe solution myself and know exactly what's in it. A wipe warmer is really nice to have during cold weather. I used to think that wipe warmers were kind of frivolous and unnecessary because I lived in the southeastern United States where it was pretty warm most of the time. Now I live in northern Michigan, and I like having a wipe swarmer. A wipe swarmer is also good because when I do my homemade baby wipe solution, I like to use coconut oil, and the wipe swarmer keeps that uh, coconut oil from solidifying on me during the cold weather. I have an entire page full of homemade baby wipes recipes, and I will link to that in the show notes. And those are really nice. They give you a lot of different options to use for your baby. And I also actually have a little spray bottle that I carry in the diaper bag and I carry dry wipes with me and then just spritz them if necessary when we're out and about. Luckily we don't have too ter terribly many baby poops in the diaper when we're out and about but, uh, but it's there in case we do. What do you do about rashes? Rashes tend to come with diapering. First, remember to change your baby often. That's the best way to prevent rashes. And if possible, give your baby some naked time throughout the day here and there. 
But handling rashes, you can use a homemade rash ointment. Coconut oil is very popular to use as a rash ointment. Or you can use a rash ointment that's on the market. If you're using cloth diapers, you want to be careful with the rash ointment that you use because some of them, especially the ones with fish oil, will, uh, will stick on your diaper surface and they won't come out in the wash and they'll make your cloth diapers start to repel. So if you're considering an ointment, check and see if it is friendly to cloth diapers. The, the two brands that I have used the most, um, the first one is Wellida or Wellida, and that's my favorite brand. It's what I've used for my last several babies. I'm really pleased with them. I think they smell well, smell good. I think they work well, and, and in general, you can find their products worldwide. So it's a good company, lots of integrity, and great products. Also in the United States, Earth Mama Angel Baby makes products that a lot of moms make that are cloth diaper friendly, environmentally friendly, skin friendly, and smell good. So those are my recommendations there. Uh, another thing that you can try with either a disposable or a cloth diaper is try putting a wetness barrier in. Fleece is good for this, so you might cut, you can just cut a little strip of fleece fabric and put it in the diaper and it forms a good wetness barrier between the baby and his or her diaper. Washing. If you are doing cloth diapers, the secret to really being successful with them, as Erin Odom says in Confessions of a Cloth Diaper Convert, is having a system in place and it really does make a big difference. There are always times where washing cloth diapers can seem overwhelming especially when you have a newborn baby or some other changes come about, but that's true with anything in life. In general, however, if you have a washing routine, it's just routine. It's pretty easy. I do diapers about twice a week, sometimes three times a week, but right now twice a week gets us through because we've got enough diapers for it. Um, but it's it's very easy. In the evening, I run the diapers through a cold wash, then I run them through a regular wash and a rinse cycle, and then I put them in the dryer, and then I fold them. Usually the next morning, I stuff and fold them and put them in their little bins, and it goes pretty quickly. It's not overwhelming, and I always have cute, fresh diapers to look at. Um, I have written an entire post on our washing routine, which also has a link to a little PDF uh, with a step-by-step -step visual guide to my washing routine, and I will link to that in the show notes in case you're interested in more on that. Again, we've got a complete series digging into all of these topics coming over the next few weeks, so look out for that. And I also want to remind you again about the Natural Mothering eBook Bundle. It is awesome. Almost 40 books, tons of bonuses for less than $30. Like I said, Confessions of a Cloth Diaper Convert from Erin Odom is going to be featured in that. Also, EC Simplified by Andrea Olson of GoDiaperFree.com is going to be in that amazing package. And she's got another book, which I actually didn't put in my notes, but her other book on attachment parenting, balance, Finding Balance with Attachment Parenting, it's a fabulous book, is also in that bundle. When we talk about diapers and babies... Our minds always stray to potty training. And in the Natural Mothering ebook bundle, uh, Jamie Glowacki's Oh Crap Potty Training 
is one of the books coming in that bundle. And I'm so excited to get my hands on that book and read it because I've heard great things about it. So that's going to be in there. There are going to be tons of other books. Lots of books on natural cleaning. There's one on getting your kids to do chores. There's a beautiful book full of crock pot recipes. There's a book on making natural condiments. So if you don't want to buy the store-bought ketchup that's full of corn syrup and you're really skeptical about what all is in all those cream of soups uh, there's a great book covering all of that like I said there's 39 books covering a huge range of topics that are pertinent to us through all stages of our mothering journeys so if you've ever wished there are also lots of books on herbal remedies for your family maybe I should look up one for Corwin here but if you've ever wished that motherhood came with a manual, the Natural Mothering ebook bundle is for you. Again, you can find out more about that uh, at birthbabylife.com slash mom bundle. Birthbabylife.com slash mom bundle. And with that, I will wrap up because I need to go take care of my little guy. Please leave me a rating on iTunes. If you get the chance, it just takes a couple minutes or send me an email, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. And I will see you in two weeks for a great interview with uh, Rowanna about her book, Cut, Stapled, and Mended. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.